Just touch the meat, all right? Or take a Ziploc bag, put your hand in it, handle your meat, and then throw the Ziploc bag away. Yeah! Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed. And it looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh... Yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. This is not going to end well. KFI M640 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here with absolutely everything you need to know to win your Monday for the 19 million human beings that live South of Santa Barbara that we call the Southland. From the 909 to the coast, it is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Checking in with uh, your violence, your happiness. Uh, in, in tonight's uh, episode, by the way, was something you need to know. L.A. exporting, apparently, one of our psychos to Boise, Idaho. Normally, normally Los Angeles exports its retired firefighters and, and law enforcement officers to Boise, but... Uh, in this case, uh, one of our local psychos decided that maybe he should go join some of his uh, former colleagues uh, from the streets of L.A. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. A, a really cre- crazy story. And by the way, if you know Timmy Kinner, 30-year-old for- former Angelino, now I have a feeling he's going to be spending quite a bit of time in Idaho. Then uh, <clears throat> it, um, that's probably why he's not answering his phone. Uh, oh, you have his number. Huh? Well, I think uh, no, but uh, no, nobody is. No one's answering his phone. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger chimed in on a, two huge events that are affecting Los Angeles as we speak. Um, w- one of them, a, a extremely important result that happened today. It will affect L.A. Uh, perhaps uh, in in a few weeks. That would be the Mexican presidential election. Um, and event number two, it would be LeBron James coming to Los Angeles, signing, and not because he owns two houses here, has two kids in school here, and owns a film production company here. And his private jet landed at Van Nuys yesterday. No, it's because he signed with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. And our former governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he can't let anything like this happen without chiming in. LeBron, welcome to Los Angeles. This is so exciting that you're coming to the city of stars. To death. And you, without any doubt, are going to be the biggest star of all on the court and off the court. I love it. Love it. So anyway, Matt Mundy Smith joins us from a super secret location where he's on a family vacation. Well, it's not an event until Schwarzenegger chimes in. That's my stance. And he was wearing that hat that said there is no magic pill. Yeah, and what you is know, that again? A, what is that marketing thing? What is that? Yeah, I don't know, but I, obviously it's a, a bit of a, a tilt to magic and, and haven't taken over for Mitch and Jim. And when Jeannie Buss decided to, to make this big move and essentially fire her brother, uh, you know, magic was the guy that was with LeBron last night from 9 p.m. until midnight when he was allowed to meet with them at 9.01 p.m. And then he's the guy that wrapped this up. So you got to say big huzzah to Genie, and, and obviously, you know, for whatever his detractors want to say about Magic as a capable executive, the guy landed LeBron James. The, and, d- uh, the, the dumbest take was, oh, no, no, he's talking to the Phillies. Now, I think you'll find Philadelphia is diametrically opposite in cardinal direction from Los Angeles. Yeah. No, he landed in Van Nuys. Yeah, and that's and I think the, the latter, the last thing you said, because he's had, you know, his kids have been here in the summers. They've had these houses for a few years. He's had this film production company for about four or five years now. So all of those things have been in place. But the fact that, that the evening that free agency opens, um, you decide to make your way to L.A. for the summer, it doesn't bode well if a team with a fan base as fervent as the Lakers thinks you're coming here and you decide to show up for two months and you tell them, oh, no, I'm going back to sleep. I'm just here for a couple months. <laughs> oh, what in August. Oh, what is it, Saudi season? All right, got to go. Uh, yeah. And by the way, this is Matt Moneysmith from our not-sister station, we can't say that, distant relative that we hang out with station, uh, AM570 KLAC, LA Sports, your home of the Doyers from the Petrus and Money Show. Uh, and this is the eponymous Matt Moneysmith. Um, okay, so the Lakers are evidently they're in the absolute best position salary cap wise. They've got all the money in the world for a four year, hundred and fifty eight million dollar deal. Is this this is his last contract, right? He doesn't have five years in him. It's hard to you know, it's hard to project because, you know, here he is, 
you know, having finished his 15th season, and he's the best player in the league. I mean, the amount of minutes the man has on his on his legs, the, the you know, the, the, the limited amount of games that he's missed. I mean, he played 82 games for the entire season. He played every single game for the first time in his career, decided not to take any rest. Um, and he did that in his 15th season. Like, it's crazy. So it's hard to say that this will be his last contract, but you've got to believe, you know, his oldest son is going into eighth grade, and he mentioned, you know, kind of going into this decision that a lot of it was going to be surrounding where he wanted his family to set up shop, kind of, for the future. So when that's his oldest, and he's got one, I think, that's three years younger or two years younger that will probably follow to the same high school and play basketball with him on the same team for a couple years, then he's going to be here. You know, and, and I would have this is the kind of guy, this is like a Tom Brady type thing, right? Like, you will not be surprised in the least to see this guy play until he's at least 40, if not further. I mean, that's just how good he is in the kind of shape that he's in. And he's been relatively injury-free. I mean, certainly compared to other NBA guys, he just is, is a different set of DNA than everybody yeah. else. No question. I mean, and that's, that's a big part of it, is it helps when you are as dominant a player and you know you're going to take a beating, you know, anytime you get into the lane or you're going to get double teamed and you're constantly going to be fouled. Um, and repeatedly, those hits take a toll on you. And it certainly did for Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, you saw what he looked like toward the end of his career, um, even though he was the biggest, strongest guy out there. When you get hammered like that repeatedly, it, it ultimately wears you down. But for whatever reason, it just does not for LeBron James. And like I said, I mean, he was the best player on the court in the NBA Finals, even though his team was swept. And he was the best player in the NBA, you know, at age whatever he is, 32, 33. Um, what about immediate impact? Is this going to be uh, – not, not, by, by the way, some news is coming in right now about some other free agents that they're signing uh, as we speak. So it sounds like LeBron had a, maybe had a menu uh, or he, yeah. had, he had a, a teammate list or dream, dream team list. Uh, um, so what about – uh, 2018 is, is there going to be great? Oh, really? You know, I mean, I, are, are they as good as the Warriors? It's hard to you know say that a team that's just trying to you know put these some pieces together and has a bunch of young talent. Um, but you saw the team that he took to the finals with the Cavaliers, you know, and I mean it was a, a lot of question marks around him. Kevin Love, who couldn't stay healthy, um, his starting point guard was George Hill, who is average to below average at this point in his career. Uh, the bench was very thin because those guys repeatedly failed when called upon in the postseason going into the final. So, you know, you can make a case that the team around him with the Lakers is every bit as good. And when they're finished trying to figure it out and have some veterans who will likely join them on minimum deals because they love playing with LeBron, it'll be every bit as good as the Cavaliers team that went to the NBA Finals. I'm not saying they're better than the Warriors or the Rockets right now, but, I mean, that's just how good that guy is. You know, he is he is the one dude that can change everything, regardless of what's around him. Uh, so, apparently, Lance Stevenson has agreed to a one-year, $4.5 million contract. So that... Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the kind of thing you'll get. And I, I don't know how much more Lance Stevenson would get on the open market. But By the way, who, 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 who is he? Yeah, he was – it was funny, you know, because Lance was kind of one of LeBron's nemesis, uh, one of, one of his, his uh, rivals. When he was on – when Stevenson was on the Pacers and the Cavs and the Pacers were tangling for these seven-game series uh, a couple of years back, Stevenson was the guy that would guard him. He's very physical, uh, can guard multiple positions. There's a famous uh, meme of Stevenson blowing and blowing. In the yeah, I here. retweeted that. Uh, where they're they're that, like that, that, they're, they're bent over waiting for a free throw to happen. Lance Stevenson blows in his ear, and LeBron just exactly. shakes his head. But you know he's only here because LeBron said, "Hey, we need defenders. Uh, these guys are young. They don't know how to play defense, and I'm going to need some help on that end of the court. So go get this guy and Magic and Rob Palenka, who's the GM of the Lakers. Just go." You got it. Who else you want? And and that you know that's what they're going to do because that's what every team that has LeBron James does. Um, and so the, when when Kobe was you know uh, entering his final act, a lot of free agents didn't want to come here and and be part of that deal. Yeah. Uh, what what about this? I mean, totally is this different. going to be? Is yeah? Is this one? Is this because he he's never been a Laker? He's coming here to do something phenomenal. So this seems to me to be attractive to a free agent. Yeah, I, it's totally different. Kobe is not an easy guy to play with, not an easy personality to be around. Um, you know, A, alpha, B, I mean, probably beyond egocentric, like megalomaniac. Um, you know, he would rather lose the finals if he performed poorly, and, and LeBron is not that way. I mean, he certainly has that in him, but 
he has made his teammates up to load money because he first of all, he draws attention, and he's totally five fast out of double teams. And you score a bunch of points and him pile up a, a bunch of assists. And Kobe, you know, was just never that. You know, he was more of that assassin score. I've got to lead the team in scoring every single night. And if I don't, well, I'm going to take 40 shots trying to do it. Um, did you buy that story? You know, the Golden State Warriors swept the Cavaliers for people here on KFI. By the way, we're talking to Matt Money Smith from AM570, KLAC, uh, LA Sports, home of the Doyers. Uh, you know, the Golden State, the Warriors swept the Cavaliers. Uh, LeBron, at the final press conference, claimed that at because of that F up at the end of game one, he punched a whiteboard. Do you buy that story? Um. Yeah, I guess I do. I do because I can imagine how upset he was. I mean, that was one of the all-time great performances uh, in NBA Finals history. I mean, that's how good he played in that game. And to lose it when you don't even have an opportunity to win it because your teammate is such a bonehead, he does not recognize time and score. It was it was um, on par with the famous Rose Bowl wrong way Regal, whatever the hell his name was. Yes. Um, it, no, I mean, it, it was such a bonehead play. I, yes. I understand why LeBron uh, did that. And I like to I should point out he punched a whiteboard, not a blackboard. Is that no. is that something that we should be concerned about ra- racial harmony here in LA? You know, I think that's a fair that's a fair question. It should be um, all right, you're breaking up because of the super secret place where you are, and I won't uh, say where it is, but you will. I'm in your neck of the woods, too. You, God's and, country. And, uh, God, God's country. And you, you will tweet out a picture of whatever it is you're about to uh, imbibe. I will. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I will do that. All right, uh, Oakley Doakley, thank you very much, Matt Money Smith. On vacation, chiming in. This is, by the way, this is billable. You can do at least four hours for this. Oh, yeah. No question. Easy. Um, I'll back that Easy. up. All right. Uh, say hi to the family. Have fun up there in a super secret, beautiful place. <laughs> it's Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There, uh, there, there he goes. Uh, Matt Money Smith from our sister station, KLAC AM 570 LA Sports. Hope the Dodgers part of the Petros Money Show. Let's be honest. It's like 80-20. Mon- it should be money in Petros. Uh, we'll be back right after this on Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits here until 10 p.m. Wrapping it all up for you. KFI M640 more stimulating talk. Michael Chappay with the news. Stimulating talk. It is super hyper local. Sunday, Brian sits in here till 10 p.m. covering all the local stories that we have to know. And also, killing the bumpers. Um, so in Mexico, a, a huge, huge event, uh, AMLO. It's, uh, what is it? In, in, in Antonio Morales Lopez Obrador. 64-year-old Lopez Abrador. Ambrador. I'll get, I'll get it right. Obrador. Am- Obrador. Uh, sorry, that'd be Amla. <laughs> I said it, but yeah, what, yeah, okay. but that's what they call him is right. Amlo. Those those are his initials. And uh, Lopez Obrador uh, has been declared the winner of tonight's uh, election de la Presidente uh, in Mexico. This is a huge, huge deal here in Los Angeles, more so than any other place in the United States. And you know why? Because of all the Mexicans uh, that live here, both legally and illegally. And if you're living here legally, welcome to this fine country, um, and I enjoy uh, being your neighbor. Uh, if uh, you're not here legally, it doesn't matter. This still affects Los Angeles uh, and you. And so there are uh, a lot of American economists who are saying this guy is trouble. Uh, he is Hugo Chavez without the beret. He is uh, dangerously close to possibly nationalizing a lot of Mexican uh, resources, uh, like the, the Mexican uh, the oil industry, Pemex, is already uh, nationalized, but that this guy likes this model where government directs the economy and things like that. There are others, interestingly, <clears throat> there are Mexican economic officials who are American-trained, um, trained at Harvard and Yale 
uh, which are the Stanfords of the East, and they've said that's not this guy. Um, th- but what this guy, uh, is sort of his model is uh, more free trade, taking jobs from the U.S., uh, and leveraging uh, Mexico's uh, oil economy and tourist economy uh, to help the Mexican people. <clears throat> now, that is sort of in a direct contravention of what our president, Donald Trump, has said, because he has has stated to the, the outgoing president, Peña Nieto, uh, as well as the Canadian Premier Trudeau, that NAFTA is a disaster. And so he wants to blow up NAFTA and, and cut Trump's M.O., is to to blow up the large trade deals with blocks of countries and then cut individual deals with those different countries. For instance, an individual deal with Mexico, uh, which would be completely separate from the individual deal with Canada. Um, you will you will notice, by the way, that that since the implementation of NAFTA, we have not been uh, flooded with Canadian trucks in North America, but uh, but Mexican legal street legal trucks or highway legal trucks uh, come into the u.s uh and we still do a lot of sub-assembly ford does a lot of sub-assembly in mexico those are very lucrative jobs in mexico uh trump would like to find a way to bring those jobs here in the u.s and in in doing that it's not a zero-sum game you do that and there's ten thousand mexicans who were making a really good living in mexico you know keep in mind eight bucks an hour in mexico you're living pretty good, uh, and at eight bucks an hour, you're also supporting you know a grocer and a video rental guy and maybe a you know an Uber a cabbie, a bartender, whatever. Just like any other economy, where the the high paying job at Boeing or Lockheed Martin or whatever supports you know downstream a bunch of other jobs. That's simply how things work. Uh, and so uh, the the uh, election or the ascension, I should say, of, of a guy who is a openly um, socialist, economic and governmental outlook guy uh, is a, uh, a it will have a big impact here in Los Angeles. The reason being, worst case scenario, if the Mexican economy craters, um, then there will be a flood at the border. Doesn't matter what the economy is here. Already, the American economy is booming. Um, but there is a there's a deterrent for what would normally be a flood of illegal aliens coming into the U.S. to take uh, the lower paying jobs, and that is what you've been seeing in the border that the United States is enforcing uh, border law uh, a lot more robustly than we used to. But if the Mexican economy craters, then there's really no stopping them because you know simply ask yourself what would you do if if your country cratered and the country to your north was booming. And they were paying 15 or 20 bucks an hour for roofers. You know, what the hell would you do? So that's, uh, that is a possibility. So we'll, uh, we'll get into this if we learn more. Um, uh, Los Angeles exporting one of our worst uh, products, and that is senseless violence. This time to Boise, Idaho. We'll uh, hit that uh, right after this. Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here till 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chapin with the news. Stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. All of our local news that we uh, need to know about, but uh, we we do need to start with, I guess, sort of a local problem that uh, broke out of the uh, the Southland. You're, you're going to hear about this tomorrow if you haven't heard about it in the news already. But a mass stabbing attack in Boise, Idaho, was done by as uh, Gil apartment uh, Gil. Eric Garcetti would say, an Angelino, a man who had been asked to leave a Boise apartment complex, returned the next day and stabbed children celebrating a three-year-old, three-year-old girl's birthday in an attack that left the city reeling. This is according to Police Chief William Bones, uh, he said at a press conference earlier today. Nine people, mostly children, were all hurt in the attack, including the birthday girl, five other children aged four to 12 were injured, as were three adults who came to their defense. Uh, Chief Bone said all are alive, although some are gravely injured. A resident of the apartment complex where the stabbing took place had allowed 30-year-old Timmy Kinner of Los Angeles to stay there a short time, but asked him to leave on Friday because of his behavior. 
Uh, Mr. Kenner returned Saturday when the girl was having her party a few doors down from where he had stayed. Kenner is facing nine counts of aggravated battery and six counts of injury to a child for the late Saturday violence. I don't know why it's not attempted murder. But, uh, yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, if you come at me with a knife, yeah. I'm, there's not a lot of gray area there. Three are critical, aren't they? Or life-threatening. Yeah. Uh, the, the complex in Boise houses many resettled refugees. Kinner is not a refugee, though we don't know why he left L.A. Um, the, uh, Esram Habti, a 12-year-old, and uh, Fathi Mahmoud, an 11-year-old, were playing in the grass behind their apartment when the attack began. Esram told news media, quote, it was kind of scary because we were outside. He was chasing people and stabbing people. We saw him saying bad words and stabbing a grown-up really hard and a lot of times, according to the 12-year-old witness who was not harmed. The children ran into an apartment and hid in a closet with other children until police told them it was safe to come out. Uh, on Sunday, colorful bouquets rested just outside the crime scene tape, though no one's dead. Uh, this incident is not a representation of our community, but a single evil individual who attacked people without provocation that we are aware of at this time, according to Boise Police Chief Bones. Uh, police found stabbing victims both inside the complex and in the parking lot. Kenner was arrested a short distance away. Not shot. Arrested. So we got a booking photo uh, of this dude. Oh, really? And he, uh, I don't know, I guess. I've not seen that. This is his booking photo. He doesn't look too happy. Um, and uh, perhaps he was unaware that outside of Los Angeles, they take a fairly dim view of stabbing children randomly. Uh, as you can imagine, the Wiley Street apartment and our community is reeling from this attack, said Chief Bones. Victim witness coordinators and counselors were being made available. Uh, this is, um, by the way, I have a, a contact or two uh, in Boise and outside of Boise, and, <clears throat> and it's really hard to emphasize that outside of Los Angeles, I mean, I, I would say, I dare say, this would be a big story here in L.A., okay? Maybe 20 years ago it wouldn't be because we were so desensitized to violence because it was happening in the uh, homicides were happening in the double digits every weekend about 20 years ago. But violent crime in California has gone down, um, and, and now Los Angeles has sort of uh, re it rediscovered the old muscle memory that you can actually be shocked occasionally by uh, by wanton violence, uh, but th- this would still be shocking in L.A. And but let me tell you, in Boise, Idaho, um, whatever nine nine people stabbed, uh, seven of them kids. Uh, this really has the town uh, reeling. And and here's the thing: uh, if this had happened in any other part of Boise except for a apartment complex that was dense with resettled refugees from some of the world's crap holes, um, this guy probably wouldn't have made it past person number three. There's a lot of concealed carry and open carry uh, in Idaho. And if you bring a knife to a gunfight, you're, you're going to lose. But so this is just an extremely... That guy looked homeless. Yeah. and, and I think he was after he was asked to leave the complex. And that was, yeah, that's the story. I don't know why someone brought him in, why, what he was doing in Boise... Um, we, you know, I, I, yeah. How do you land in Boise from, LA? I thought we were the homeless <clears throat> utopia here in Los Angeles. So well, I don't know. Summertime or taking a break. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe he was vacationing also with, with Matt Money Smith. Uh, don't know. Just like all the homeless go to Idaho for a month or two, but anyway, it's a, it's a shocking event and it's a minor miracle that no one's dead at this time, but, uh, make no mistake. It, it is a big deal in Boise and, and a big, as I'm reading the Boise American Statesman, the paper of record there. Uh, your uh, your home of the Broncos, um, it, a, a big part of the uh, you, you know sort of, of the of, of the narrative is uh, L.A. style violence visiting Boise, and that's the thing is this is not L.A. style violence. A drive by would be L.A. style violence, uh, or a homeless guy with a two by four and a nail in it. You know that would be home, uh, L.A. style violence. Um, but uh, so anyway, it's uh, not a not a nice uh, impression. Uh, they're in in Idaho, and like like I say, I'm surprised a retired LA County Sheriff deputy, or LA County Fire guy, or someone uh, who they because that's what they all retired to, uh, or somebody Mark Furman, you know, didn't didn't uh, blow his head off. So the guy should count himself lucky that he was uh, arrested, and unless that's what he was looking for, of course. All right, Super Hyper Local Sunday. We'll uh, get local when we come back. Yes, accidents, violence, all of it. Why not? It's Los Angeles here in a summer weekend. Uh, back right after this, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. 
KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. And let me just uh, say, in the event that Mr. James is listening to KFI, that you'll find this show is show of record. And, uh, in fact, uh, the number one show here in this time slot on Sunday nights in a fine, fine way to wind down the Sunday night here in uh, Los Angeles, where we are all Angelinos. Um, so uh, tomorrow, by the way, I'm filling in for everybody this week. Uh, I'm filling the in whole for, week. Yeah, oh. five a.m. I'm filling in for Bill Handel at six a.m. Then at ten, I'm filling in for Gary and Shannon. Then at two, I'm filling in for John and Ken. And then at six, I'm filling in for Conway. <laughs> when does it end? It doesn't uh, until next week. No, actually, I'm just filling in for Gary and Shannon uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, and then John and Ken on July fourth because there's nothing that says I love America more than making. The disabled veteran on your air staff sit in, sit in for your ass as you sit there lighting fireworks in Brentwood uh, or wherever you live. Um, and also tomorrow, by the way, when I'm done with Gary and Shannon, Kennedy from uh, Kennedy Nation on Fox Business is out here on the coast for the week. So finally, uh, we'll be in the same studio together, together again. Just like the old days, Kennedy in suits without a delay, without an annoying satellite delay. So I'll be doing. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'll be in studio in Santa Monica uh, tomorrow as Kennedy does her show this week from the uh, the West Coast. So where, where are you going to be after the big game, Mexico Brazil? Uh, you know what? I'm going to get up bite ass early and come in here uh, and check that out because I am actually interested. Uh, at least the second half. It turns out no one wins a soccer game in the first half, as is traditional in, in all sports. Uh, so I didn't want to see the end of it, but if we don't have uh, the the tickets, what do we do? Just flash our laminates and go in there or something? Oh, I bet you can get in. I'm sure. I hope so. I do. Actually, I want to check it out. And I don't know. Um, but, you know, I obviously, I've done some research. There are uh, There's approximately seven Mexicans in L.A. County. So at least those seven. Will be there. I'm pretty sure. At least I'm. I'm. I may have. I may uh, have a. I've short armed the account. I mean the the count on that. There may be more than seven Mexicans in LA County, but I do know this from the Fairfax Farmers Market. The the best food, the f- best restaurant in the Fairfax Far- Farmers Market is the Brazilian barbecue, hands down. I've never been to Brazil. Looks like kind of a crap hole, but man, I will tell you what. They can hold their meat near flame as good as anyone here in North America. Man, that the bar, the BBQ in Fairfax Market is they is one you of mean the places. farmers market? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And not the, you know, not the Grove, but the actual old right, school the farmers, farmers market, market, right? Yeah, so yeah. you go in there, you get a plate, a big oval plate, and you you take a pass at the salads. <laughs> and then 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 you get to the fried plantains, which are really cool. I mean, I've I never that. done that at home. But man, they're really really good, the fried plantains. Is this the place with banana leaves? Ah. Uh, Did you see banana leaves? Hey, would we see uh, that? I don't know. I don't think so. And then you get to the meat, and they have the chicken. They have four kinds of cow, pork, and all that. And you just point, and they sit there slicing downward on that stuff. And then you take your plate and you weigh the plate, and ah, there you go, one, two pounds. I don't care. And it's it's there's always line around the corner at Fairfax Market. And so for that reason alone, I'm kind of pulling for Brazil. I've never eaten there. Is it new? No, no, been there a long time. That's probably why the line scares yeah, me. Yeah, the line starts at 11 a.m. for for lunch, and it really you really gotta plan your midday around it. Get down there with an empty stomach, and you chow. It is so good. It, it's it, I mean it's I, I hate going to Hollywood. I I would rather shave my head with a cheese grater while chewing tin foil to, than go to Hollywood. But for that, I will go. And juggle lava on top of it, and so it's a it's a great great place. So 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 yay Brazil. On the other hand, if Mexico loses, I'm just afraid that Pacoima is going to burn down. So uh, so there we go. Well, we had our own stabbing here in Los Angeles. Don't worry. I'm sorry, not Los Angeles, but San Diego, in um, in uh, Western County, a 33 year old Lyft driver stabbed a passenger in the chest overnight following an argument, according to San Diego police. This is from. Our friends at Channel 4 NBC Los Angeles, the driver, Ali Kenderly, was driving three people who could not give a location where to be dropped off around 1.16 a.m. Sunday. Possibly a little glug-glug, vroom-vroom. Uh, during the argument, he told the driver told the passengers to get out of the car. 
in the 6100 block of Caminito del Oeste. The disagreement continued, and the driver, Ali Kenderly, stabbed one of them in the chest. Here's the next line in NBC's story. The driver has been terminated by Lyft. <laughs> Is that really the hottest iron in the fire in that one? Just so you know. The drivers of you're searching for him on your app. You're not going to find him. Uh, the driver has been terminated by Lyft. And you know why people like him? He gets to the point. But I'm Quote, these allegations are disturbing and unacceptable. The safety of our community has been our number one priority from day one. And there's absolutely no tolerance for this behavior on the Lyft platform. <laughs> so they're worried about the app. Uh, we have permanently deactivated the driver. Our thoughts are with the passenger who we have reached out to offer our full support and assistance. We stand ready to assist law enforcement with an investigation. San Diego uh, Police Western Division are investigating. Ali Kenderly is scheduled to be arraigned on July 5th. By the way, nothing in the story about the condition of the guy who got stabbed. And, and was was this a self-defense thing? or I, I don't know. It's, it's just like they, they didn't let, uh, you know, process no bear clue. out. And if I ever, You're fired. If I did that for a living, I would have a, a dash cam, you know, in the... Right. I would always right. cover my ass with that. So I, I don't know, but there's three people in his car. He felt enough of a threat. Who knows if he's wacky or not? I don't know. But uh, just rest assured, Lyft has terminated him. <laughs> is, is this, as I recall, the story was saying that the, there was, the dispute happened when they couldn't come up with the location that they wanted to go to, and he told them to get out of the car, and yeah. that's when things got messy. And, and that's what it says. That they're saying, we're not getting out of the car. We, we're paying you. You're gonna... And that's not how Lyft and Uber work. You need to give them a destination before they pick you up. Oh. You know, that's a thing. They can't do it yeah. in the middle of it. Actually, that's a great point. But, but, yeah, but you don't sit there and get pissed and say, I stab you. You for misusing this app, you know. I mean, imagine if Tinder did that. But uh, so anyway, Uber Uber's uh, going to unveil their uh, their "We Stab You Less" uh, marketing campaign. Run you over? Sure. Who doesn't? But we stab you less. We will lift no weapons. <laughs> exactly. When we come back, I I hate these stories. Hate them. But they they seem to happen here in the Southland. But one of the grungiest humans I've ever seen in a booking photo. Uh, 40-year-old Howard Jenks of Hesperia did something absolutely uh, unmentionable. Problem is, it's news, and it's mentionable, and it was really, really horrible. It happened Friday morning. It's a story so gross that uh, a lot of the networks, a lot of the local news don't even want to cover it because of what you have to say, what this guy did. What he did is really, 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 really disgusting. Uh, In medieval times, we were better people, and this guy would not have made it to the edge of the village as he was running buck-ass naked out. But in 2018, he's going to get a lawyer. Wait till you hear why he's getting a lawyer when we come back. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. How does this affect the beaver? Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. But we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed. It uh, looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He's got a yeah, gun. It's a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM, 640 more stimulating talk. Hour number two of Super Hyper Local Sunday. Everything that happened here in the Southland that you need to know about, including the deaf puppy that was rescued from a hole that he he or she had fallen in. Also, remember the story of the man, the Arlita man who was given legal status in the Reagan amnesty, but between then and now, there were some other... Uh, interactions with the the uh, the men and women in blue and so uh, ice had grabbed him and became a local cause celeb um he has been released from ice custody this happened late friday night garcia and his family members are extremely relieved a lot of tears of joy tonight smiles hugs laughter a very different scene compared to a few weeks ago when he was arrested outside his home in Arlita. There's some video that we have just uh, taken a few minutes ago, and this was when Garcia and his wife were able to see each other for the first time since the arrest uh, as a free man. She was in tears. They held each other for a very long embrace. Garcia was arrested by deportation officers. And after
After his arrest, ICE told Eyewitness News he had a past criminal conviction and was a citizen of Mexico and would be deported. While Garcia has legal status in the U.S. granted under the Reagan administration. In 2001, he pleaded no contest for a domestic dispute and served a few days in jail. But today, he went before an immigration judge who ruled that he was to be released and his legal status restored. So there you go. That happened uh, late Friday night. And uh, yeah, when you have legal resident status, you know, the, the theory is you have to follow the straight and narrow. You know, you can't run around getting DUIs and hit and runs and violent felonies and things like that. And so he pled no contest, uh, not guilty, but no contest back in 2001. Uh, otherwise, the guy has been a productive resident of the United States. Uh, but the judge on Friday morning uh, released him that his new status paves the way for him to start the naturalization process and become a U.S. citizen. So, uh, so that's that's good. This is this this is the kind of guy that I, that for a lot of people that don't live in the Southland, for a lot of people in Minnesota or Ohio or or whatever, and they have you know all all uh, illegal aliens are one thing. You grab them, you deport them. And, you know that's great. But this here's a guy who's one of millions of people who are in this country and primarily here in California. That's that are here under the 80s amnesty that that Reagan was was forced to sign, but it nevertheless is a legal status uh, and uh, etc. And it was it was a it was a bad story. Um, and and you and also contrast that with another local story recently, where a guy who was here illegally for a long time had also committed um, a, a series of misdemeanors and other infractions, and so one day. ICE is going to catch up with you. Uh, even if local municipalities don't cooperate, San Francisco, L.A., et cetera, uh, ICE sees your status, sees that you have done the things that, uh, that elevate you to deportation level, and guess what? They come and find you where you're going to be. So that's why, remember six months ago, we, we got that story about the father who was grabbed as he was dropping his daughters off at school. Well, sorry, but the guy literally has warrants. I mean, what do you want to do? Have a class of people who live in California who the law doesn't apply to? Meanwhile, those of us like you and me, uh, we have to have proof of insurance. We have to have current registration. We have to have a valid license. Uh, we have to show them when, when asked and all that. So, so uh, any, anywho, there's, uh, there's that. Well, this is a nasty story. <clears throat> and... Uh, Producer Joey, is this going to gross us out? It's on the top of the pile. I well, you know it. You know the story. When I say Hesperia, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Are you, uh, you, final ruling, Joey? Is it a yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Authorities arrested a 40 year old Hesperia man on suspicion of elder abuse and raping a 69 year old woman as she slept in her home on Friday morning. The incident happened Friday around 4:15 a.m. And you can see by the guy's booking photo. He is a he's the, the king of the meth heads. That's why when your junk is stolen at 4 a.m., that's at the end of a meth binge. Okay, then they crash all day long and they wait for the pawnbroker to own, to to open up. Then they go and they sell your impact wrench to your local pawnbroker so they can buy more meth and repeat. So anyway, this guy instead of pawning uh, stolen items, he went with rape the 69 year old in her home. Authorities uh, arrived at the scene, found the victim suffering from injuries re related to the rape and other blunt force trauma injuries. Authorities said the victim was taken in an ambulance to a nearby hospital. Authorities learned the suspect gained entry into the woman's home, found her in her bedroom sleeping, and violently attacked her for some time before fleeing. Evidence was recovered at the scene. The suspect was identified as Howard Jenks, 40. He looks, by the way, he looks 60. He does. And this, well, we don't even have the color booking photo. Oh, I got a color one. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, this guy is such a grungy uh, meth head that in black and white, he, he looks like an Old West, you know, a daguerreotype, you know, post photo or something. Just like just an like unkempt, scuzzy beard. And, you know, of course he hasn't bathed in months. That's why he's covered in sweat and dirt. Yeah, kind of red face, a little wrinkly yeah. at the top. Um, uh, violently attacked her. Evidence was recovered at the scene. Uh, did, uh, anyway, detectives learned he was an associate of the family and that he was familiar with the victim and her home. Hmm. He, an arrest warrant was obtained for him. He was located at a small trailer encampment in a remote, unincorporated part of South Hesperia. 
Jenks was arrested and booked into the High Desert Detention Center on a suspicion of rape, kidnapping, and elder abuse. The victim was treated for her injuries, but just, and uh, Joey just handed me the color one. Yeah, the uh, deluxe shot there. Uh, and you know what? You could basically call this if uh, if Matthew McConaughey went bad. Oh, oh you know, if he, if he uh, if he grew a, a grunge beard and maybe had real hair, he'd have to get that pale though. Yeah, uh, maybe. Red face. But uh, no, that is just such a gross story. That's that is it's almost it's funny. It's in the same league as pedophilia. And you you do that to the to a child, and then you do that to an elderly person. You do it to someone who has no hope of fighting back. That's what a scumbag you are. It's not 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 like there's such a thing as a respectable rape, but I I'm I'm just saying when you also add uh, complete inability to to resist, um, th- then you you really are in a different league. And I'm going to take a wild shot and say, you know what? He may have been in California's uh, incarceratorium system uh, in 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 prior years. I'm not not quite sure. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look like a first timer, does he? No, he looks like uh, looks like the local the nine oh nine might know exactly who this guy is. Uh, the the deputies of the nine oh nine. Well, uh, when when we come back, let me just tease it for you. Cruise rescue deaf puppy stuck in hole for thirty hours. A cute wiggly little deaf puppy stuck in a hole, but I'm bearing the lead. He was rescued, but still. <laughs> Uh, you're, um, get ready to cry, everybody. Get some tissues ready for this when we come back. Super Hyper Local Sunday, Brian Suits in here. Back in a second on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Do you remember when it was KFI AM 640. Super Hyper Local Sunday, Brian Suits in here until... 10 p.m. We uh, spoke with Matt Money Smith from our sister station, KLAC, AM570 LA Sports. You're home of the Doyers, uh, right at the top of the show about LeBron James coming to Los Angeles. Two questions that I forgot to ask. Uh, and maybe we'll uh, redo it uh, tomorrow. I'll ask him tomorrow. But uh, um, what about LeVar Ball and uh, his son Lonzo? Does LeBron really want a piece of that? And secondly, someone's already wearing number 23. It's like Julius Randle or someone for the Lakers already wearing 23. Are they going to man up and give him that number? Give him that uh, magic number? By the way, if you're wondering, wow, that's huge. The Lakers brand has been suffering now for about five years out of the the playoffs. Uh, This is sort of a, a... the premier franchise in the NBA has been gathering cobwebs. What does Schwarzenegger think about this? Well, uh, your prayers have been answered because Arnold Schwarzenegger has chimed in on LeBron James moving to uh, to the California. LeBron, welcome to Los Angeles. This is so exciting that you're coming to the city of stars. And you, without any doubt, are going to be the biggest star of all. On the court and off the court. On the court. I love it. I love it, yeah. But what an area. Does he really think that people are waiting for him to weigh in? <laughs> he, he does on, like, everything. What Didn't he do one of those commercials for California? Like, D- Yeah, like where Mexico they have all the celebrities. Yeah. yeah, that one for this campaign this year yeah. or whatever. And he is, it's funny because outside of California... He's still very popular. If you live in a state where he was not the governor, um, he's uh, still very popular, and people identify him with California. But uh, Ron, welcome to Los Angeles. This is so exciting that you're coming to the city of stars, and you, without any doubt, are going to be the biggest star of all on the court. On the court. I give him credit for not saying City of Angels. So, uh, so head, heads up, Garcetti. Don't we feel sorry for the Clippers? This steals any thunder they might have been able to muster. I'm sorry, the who? who? <laughs> Exciting that you're coming to the city of stars. stars. Exciting that you're coming to the city of... Yeah, I don't know. Sucks. It's, uh, you know what? But the, uh, that's an old punchline. Sucks to be the Clippers. <laughs> Just uh, they, they had their, uh, their brief time. They had their opportunity. They had their opportunity. But, you know, who effed it up? The uh, Donald Sterling effed it up. And now, oh, gosh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Balmer is, is busy. You know, it's, they, they just, you just don't have a hope. Besides, they were brought here as a tax dodge by, from San Diego anyway. Um, hey, everyone, great news. The deaf puppy is safe. Uh, okay. Why do, why do we have to? 
Oh, I mean, oh. what's the big deal that he's deaf? It's uh, it makes it all the more sad. I, right, right. He's he's a puppy, but he's deaf. He's a deaf puppy. Can he he can't hear his little name. He can't wag when he hears his name. Watch out for that hole. And things like that. And though this happened in Alabama, it nevertheless was brought to us by our friends at Channel 7. I forgot the call letters. And Carlos Granda. Alabama pulled to safety after spending close to 30 hours down a 50-foot hole. Oh, he can't hear that us. A seven-week-old named Toffee is completely deaf. Toffee. Thursday, she was in her foster family's backyard when she fell into the hole. Rescuers that. worked around the clock to try to pull her to safety using treats and a net to try and fish her out. <laughs> After multiple attempts, rescuers finally pulled her to safety. She's now back home, safe with her foster parents, and I'm sure... Uh, Still a little scared over that yeah. ordeal. That's that's but scary. In loving arms now. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> Squirrel is water skiing. Um. So. So anyway. No, it's just it's the cutest puppy. Try Jack's new. No, don't. Uh. And I can't figure out what it is. It looks I. I looks kind of Aussie Shepherdish. Uh. Sometimes. Uh, deafness is a congenital thing, like in Dalmatians. Uh. Something something like ten percent of Dalmatians are deaf. And those dogs don't have a great personality on the best of days. But uh, but this thing looks kind of like an, like an Aussie Shepherd, but it's just so sad. It's deaf and it's seven weeks old. Its name is Toffee, and it's at the bottom of a hole. It doesn't know what's going on. It's just so sad. And but they got it out. They How'd they get Toffee. it out? I, or they use tree? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, ultimately, I uh, you just some guy in a rope lure it into a loop and yank it up quickly so that you know and just get it the hell out because it's gonna forget that real quickly. But so sad. Um, well, it's fine now, right? Oh, it's totally fine. You should steak. see. There's this picture. It's the owner's holding it over her shoulder, and it's like a baby over her shoulder. And his little fuzzy little arms are on her shoulders, and and his eyes are wide open. He just can't believe he's back with his people. That's the best. Sometimes we just lock our dogs up with no explanation, just to see how happy they are when we let them out. I'm kidding, completely kidding, totally kidding. It's a really cynical, horrible joke. Does that work? Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, and, you know, if you treat your dogs right, they're just happy to see you all the damn time. Um, Maxine Waters has addressed protesters in downtown L.A. We'll have that audio for you. How dare you, she said to Donald Trump. How, quote, how dare you take the babies from mother's arms? How dare you take the children and send them all across the country into so-called detention centers? She had more words. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have that. By the way, if you don't know this, if you don't listen to Dark Secret Place on Saturday nights, uh, if you have a what you thought was a California compliant AR-15 style rifle, and you haven't touched it or registered it since midnight, if you if you didn't know that the deadline was coming up at 11:59 and 59 minutes last night, then I got news for you today on July 1st, 2018. You're an effing felon. You're a freaking felon there. Felon. Wow. Well, I think so. I, actually I. I think it's a misdemeanor, but the deal is the way California works is that it's several misdemeanors, and uh, and also so this if, is a retroactive to situation. You've got something that was legal, and now it's not. You bought it four years ago. It's fine. It worked four years ago. In no other uh, realm of law can you make what's called a ex post facto law. I can't retroactively. Um, make uh, you know blue shirts and Michael Chappé illegal. If you already have a blue shirt and you're Michael Chappé, that's called the ex post facto law. And the British used to use that on the colonists. That's why it was it was kind of a big deal. So in, here in California, the thing that you had that was legal yesterday at 11:30 p.m. If you have not either registered it as a assault weapon, suddenly today that weapon that you have with only a 10 round magazine and a fixed magazine at that. Uh, and all that, that's today, that's an assault weapon. Um, okay, so there's people in Iran right now with AK-47s that they took from police because they're protesting, full auto, actual assault weapons. But here in California, what you have is an assault weapon. So if you don't know that, uh, watch out before you go to the range or something because you woke up today uh, a criminal here in the state of California. If you uh, did not register it or you didn't alter the weapon. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, the movies, uh, the minimum wage, and yes, the homicides. It was one of those weekends. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not supposed to break right this now, but I if you bought it here, isn't it already registered? It is with the state. Right. They we, claim that they destroyed the records after a few years, but they're lying. 
The federal government destroys them after three years. The the, the registration oh. uh, and background check and all that. They destroyed that by law. They get rid of that in about, I think, three or four years. State of California, lie. They're absolutely lying. I don't care what they say. They, they keep the records of, of your home address and the weapons that you uh, bought and things like that. Anything else, if you think anything else or you think they're telling the truth, they're lying. Otherwise, we were thinking they only kept the records for handguns? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but they, they have every record of every weapon that's ever been ex exchanged hands here in California for the past 20 years. Uh, NBC San Diego is reporting that they have faced felony charges, actually. Felony! felony. Wow. You, you woke up a felon. If you didn't, that thing that you had that was legal yesterday, if you didn't register it as an assault weapon, then you woke up. California made you a felon today. How do you like them apples? We'll be back right after this. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. We'll talk to George Norrie also right before 10 o'clock on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Sunday, Brian sits in here until 10 p.m., but I'm back tomorrow at 10 a.m. filling in for Gary and Shannon Monday and Tuesday, and then I'll be John Ken on uh, Wednesday. So a whole lot of me coming up next uh, next week. Uh, Friday, the weekend started very tragically. A Cal Poly Pomona security officer, parking officer, was killed Friday in a stabbing incident uh, that ended when police fatally shot the attacker. Uh, Pomona Police Chief Michael Olivieri announced the incident on Twitter, said one of his agency's officers had been involved in the shooting. A uh, law enforcement source with knowledge of the incident told the LA Times that the security officer was a 37-year-old stabbed and slashed in the neck. When police arrived, officers opened fire on the 31-year-old male suspect. He and the victim were pronounced dead at the two different scenes. Their names were not released. The suspect may have been a custodian employed by the school. Uh, Lieutenant John Carina of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, which is investigating the incident, said, uh, quote, the scene was quite brutal, a lot of blood. It looked like the suspect even cut himself in the attack, close quote. Uh, so this all started around 4.55 p.m. on Friday. A campus, campus safety alert went out at 5 p.m. advising people to stay away from uh, the area at Cal Poly Pomona where it happened. So uh, still a, a lot unclear as uh, the, uh, the assailant is evidently dead as well. The guy who killed two outside of a hotel in Downey surrendered uh, as well. The man accused of fatally shooting two other men just outside a motel in Downey yesterday uh, morning surrendered to authorities following a standoff lasting hours later in the day. Raymond Joseph Penland surrendered to SWAT officers and law enforcement officials in an air, uh, industrial area of Santa Fe Springs around 8.45 p.m. The two uh, persons of interest um, uh, have also been identified. One of the women is believed to be the girlfriend of Penland and is being questioned. Katarina Barajas uh, is her name. City officials said Barajas responded to the Downey Police Station, but it's unclear if she or the other woman is the girlfriend of Penland. But uh, anyway, uh, that uh, the suspect is in hand. One guy who's on the loose, another double shooting, uh, would be your Victor Manuel Rivas. The LA County Sheriff's Department is asking for the public's help in locating a suspect Wanted in connection with a shooting in Maywood that left one man dead, another guy injured yesterday also. Authorities identified the alleged shooter, 33-year-old Victor Manuel Rivas. They said he is considered armed and dangerous. This is uh, right after 6 p.m. yesterday. Deputies responded uh, to an address in Maywood. The call regarded a gunshot victim. They found two men in the parking area of an apartment complex, both suffering from apparent gunshot wounds. Uh, pronounced dead at the scene was 45-year-old Luis Maldonado. 49-year-old uh, Victor Maldonado was transported to a nearby hospital in critical condition. Investigators believe Rivas, who lived at the same apartment complex, is responsible for the shooting. Uh, they have a poster up. He fled the area in a 91 or 92 Chevy Silverado pickup that had a white bed, uh, silver or gray cab, and was lowered. And so it's one of those unmatching panels things. Uh, California license plate 82623 Tango 1. The sheriff's bulletin read. Um, have you guys seen the, um, what's the person at risk? Have you seen the, the highway signs, the traffic signs? It says, it says at risk person or somebody. It's not kidnapping. It's not 
uh, you not know. an adult alert, mm. like an Amber no, alert? it says at risk person, like on the marquee on the yeah on the on those highway you know alert signs. Yeah, is that like, like a missing dementia patient? Type I don't of know. Thing? It, just at risk. I'm an at risk person. We're all at risk. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. It's, I've never seen that before. It, it was. It, it, I missed that. <clears throat> I mean, did they describe I, anything I, else? No, but it's there's a car description. Oh. But uh, I I think they're up right now. So if, if someone uh, wants to tweet us a picture at Dark Secret Place, I will uh, I will declare you the king of all media uh, for at least 24 hours. L.A. Sheriff's Department is investigating the shooting death of a man in uh, Kudahi. On Saturday as well, deputies from East L.A. responded at uh, 1117 p.m. to a call of a gunshot victim on, you know, they're at Live Oak Street. Uh, when they arrived, deputies found a man down on the sidewalk suffering from what appeared to be multiple gunshot wounds. man was transported to a nearby hospital. He was pronounced dead. No weapon was recovered at the scene. There was no suspect description because no one saw nothing, but that's uh, life, uh, life and death in Kudahi. Oxnard also had a shooting earlier today, 29-year-old man. Dead after being shot in Oxnard early Sunday morning. Oxnard police responded around 3.30 a.m. on Solar Drive. When officers and EMS arrived, they attempted to render first aid to the wounded man. The victim was later pronounced dead at the scene. Video from the scene showed first responders in and around the Homeward Suites in Oxnard. Uh, they did not say whether the shooting happened at the hotel. This is the ninth homicide this year in Oxnard. Um so anyone who did see something, you can uh, talk to Detective Ken D- Tugas at uh, his number, which uh, is there. Uh, and Pacoima, 51-year-old husband, fatally shot um, on Friday, early Friday morning. The shooting happened in the area of Brownell and Woodcock Avenue shortly before 1 a.m. Authorities said a man was found with multiple gunshot wounds on a curb next to his bicycle. He was believed to have been shot with a 9-millimeter weapon, pronounced dead at the scene, Tasha Marshall identified the shooting victim as her 51-year-old husband, Todd Marshall. She said, I want justice. Uh, Friends shared that Todd was well-known in the neighborhood, never started trouble. They said they don't know who would do this to him. Uh, Investigators found eight shell casings at the scene and said they have no immediate information on Todd's killer or killers. So that's, uh, as a observer of the news, that's the second time in two weeks that someone on a sidewalk was shot multiple times and nobody saw nothing and uh, no uh, no uh, suspects were seen. Uh, last time was right there at an AMPM, but uh, that's your Silmar Pacoima. So um, that that happened. All right, when we come back, uh, what won at the theaters this weekend? Also, will you wrap up now that uh, we are LeBron Angeles from this point forward for the next four years? Uh, we all uh, we hail our new basketball overlord, and we'll give you a wrap up in Mexico where they you know had a presidential election, which is kind of a big deal uh, here in Los Angeles. That more coming up. Super hyper local Sunday plus. Have you seen a free couch? And I think I tweeted out a pretty pretty darn strong contender. KFI M six forty more stimulating talk. Michael Chappelle with the news. KFI AM six forty more more stimulating talk. Super hyper local Sunday Brian Simpson. In here one last time, we'll uh, run down the movies and we will uh, check in with Have You Seen a Free Couch? But right now, we got to check in with George Nori and Coast to Coast, which is coming up here in uh, mere moments. George, what's going on? Just minutes away. We're going to be talking about the Big Bang, the cosmos, and well, I got to tell you, the big question is there a God? So we're going to talk about that on Coast to Coast tonight. Excellent. Top notch. Now, you know, we've re- renamed it LeBron Angeles. A so, hundred and how much? Fifty. Well, yeah, you know, and like and to him, you know, that's a that's, that's a bargain. lot of money. But you know Not what? To him, he's going to bring the ratings. Yeah, in. yeah, that's for sure. Yep. All right, uh, okay. I'll be listening. Ten o'clock, Coast Coast, right here you on KFI. It. Thank See you, George. Bye. Have a great show. Which is redundant to tell George Nuri to have a great show. It's like telling Mozart, hope that song turns out okay. Um, concerto. 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 I hope, uh, I hope uh, Barbara Seville works out for you. <laughs> um, well, so uh, you know what's happening over there on uh, streaming on oh, you got it? NBC. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they had a uh, motorcycle pursuit, vehicle pursuit, whatever you want to uh, call it. And uh, it started off sort of 110 in Florence, a suspected stolen motorcycle. But uh, what, whatever happened... The uh, the driver of the bike uh, somehow uh, must have gotten on the ten or something, but but uh, they they somehow 
have evaded helicopters and police because they drove through the LAX departure and approach uh. pattern. Which is which is so when did Heat the movie Heat was like nineteen ninety three or something like that, wasn't it? And that's that's the trick from the movie Heat. What we what lately what we've been seeing with vehicle pursuits is guys will go into a mall, into a covered parking garage at a mall, which is from the Ryan Gosling movie The Driver. Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah, pretty good movie. But he does that at the beginning of the movie. He gets away from police by by <clears throat> ripping around and then pulling into Staples Center as the Clippers game is getting out. Hmm. And and then taking off his jacket, he's wearing Clippers stuff and all that. But uh, the, drive. Drive, 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 that's right. Twenty eleven. Yeah. And uh, but so anyway, this guy, this entire thing seems to have come to a grinding halt there at LAX. I mean, so, they lost him. I guess because the the Hilo Channel Four is searching around for him and they can't find him. Uh, and and it's it, it might be because they can't go through the LAX. Right. I doubt the guy on the bike knew what he was doing. He's you just never a lot, know. A lot harder to spot on a motorcycle. You just never know these days with these kids. You can they're... stop on a sidewalk under a tree. You can't. Oh, I know. Seen. I walk away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Uh. Movie wise, what what did uh, what did we say? Uh. Jurassic Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has dunked Uncle Drew, and uh, Sicario the the sequel with uh, sixty million. What? It, that's a sequel. Uh. Yes. Uh, you haven't seen Sicario? No. Pretty good. I got to say, kind of, you know, I didn't have a lot of expectations. It's a pretty good movie about DEA agents trying to infiltrate a Mexican drug cartel, and they're using this inside man who's a mercenary Mexican guy, and that's Benicio Del Toro, and he actually looks awake like he woke up for the script reading. (laughs) And uh, Emily Blunt is a DEA agent, and and also, some have said, smoking hot. And uh, a pretty good movie, really good gunplay, excellent technical advice. And Isn't Josh Brolin in that also? That's yeah, this the one. new one, yeah. That's the sequel, Sicario, Day of the Soldado, which, like I was saying on Friday, why not to say Dia de la Soldado? But anyway, Sicario means assassin, and Soldado is a soldier. It looks good. Benicio Del Toro does some good gun technique in it, so I might see it. Uh, before I see John Wick 2, I'll see Benicio Del Toro, because he looks like he actually has fired a weapon before in his life. Uh, at least whoever's coaching Benicio Del Toro might want to jump on board the next John Wick, but uh, there's that. So, But anyway, dinosaurs beat uh, NBA guys dressed up as old people and uh, Sicario anyway, so it's still doing good. Even though I hear nothing but horrible crap, but then again, you know what my take is? The, the, only, the only credible review, the only valid review on a Jurassic Park movie is... Did they make dinosaurs? Check. Did they think they could control the dinosaurs? Check. Did Jeff Goldblum warn them that they can't keep the dinosaurs in control because nature likes chaos? Check. Did the dinosaurs actually get out? Check. Did they make surprise appearances and scare the poop out of you? Check. All right. Five out of five. That's a great Jurassic Park movie. Um, no one, no, nobody on earth goes, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. And I went in. And I was pleasantly surprised. You can't go to a Jurassic Park movie and say, I feel like I saw that before. <laughs> no, yeah. you're, you're missing the bike. You know what? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Really feels like it's getting into a formula. Everything looked great at the beginning. What happened? Uh, Where well, did they get away? I tweeted out. Someone sent me a picture of uh, a Have You Seen a Free Couch? Oh. And I will tell you what. Uh, l- let me see it again. It uh, looked, uh, besides maybe getting a furniture cover, uh, that that would be sort of the only thing you might need, but uh, it was. Have you seen a free couch? Oh, I, um, anyway, I thought I tweeted it out, but uh, that's what I've got. I I I have my recycle, which is at the location of the final scene of Seven. There's still a couch, just poignantly. It's one of, the, one of the weirdest pictures I've ever taken at the place where Detective Mills kills uh, Kevin Spacey, John Doe. There's now a couch just sitting there in the middle of the desert. Where he whacked Kevin Spacey at the very end of seven. And it's just a couch, three three cushions out there, not rain getting rained on, probably a coyote couch. It's just out there. And that's that's my holdover for, for months now. Did somebody have to carry it out there? No. It's, Someone had to. Maybe a truck. Or uh, is it not accessible? Um no, no. It's on just on a very serviceable dirt road. Uh yeah, no, you can do it. Uh, real real easy. And so that's out there. If you know where to find that final scene in seven, there's a couch waiting for you there. Uh, Joey wants to do a callback. We, we were not 
no couch, but he has a wildlife sighting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for uh, have you seen a uh, deer? That's right. I I, uh, I was w- awoken yesterday morning to the sound of rustling in the uh, bushes outside my window. I look outside and I saw a, a dog running, uh, like with yeah, with a stuffed animal, and it was uh, just running away. A dog or a dog-like yeah, creature. Uh, well, I looked a little, a little closer and I saw that the ears were rather large and rather pointy and perky, and uh, that was no dog. That was a coyote. And in its mouth, it wasn't a chew toy. And uh, I, I thought it looked like maybe it was a rabbit then. Uh, about two hours later, I hear the sounds of a woman sobbing insanely, very loud, very That's grief-stricken. Sad. Yes, you know, like, you, you know that someone close to this person had passed away. It turns out it was this woman's cat uh, who had been uh, Oh, don't end this with a by, Debbie Downer. Uh, it, well, it's, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, at Darth, Darth Jenny, <laughs> Jennifer Bell, at Darth Jenny, she sent me a picture of a three-cushion couch in front of the Cambodian Buddhist Temple of Long oh, Beach. That is nice. Yeah, and that nice is getting you know that's totally a binge watching couch for someone's basement. Uh, no, yeah. it's leatherette and just get oh, a, cool. you know, and you can get a furniture cover. You can you can hide the offset or the uh, contrasting uh, uh, cushions. Uh, Josh, anything? And we'll and we'll do wildlife too. Couch, uh, couch or animal? I hey. have not seen any wildlife, but I did see a couch off of the 118 freeway actually this time at Topanga Canyon, right off in the dark there. You'd have to look for it, but not very well lit area. But I did see a couch and a and a and a like a recliner looking thing off the Topanga Canyon exit on the 118 freeway. Oh, mark it's marked as the 27 highway, but it's Topanga Canyon or that. 27. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see if it's still there. Uh, Michael Chapay, for the record. Uh, nothing. Uh, neighborhood swept clean, but uh, a couple days ago, I was at the Forest Lawn Hollywood Hills. I did not know this. They have a deer with, I mean, this this thing had a rack. Oh, they're all over. I did not know they had, yeah, if they you were get big. Buried, if you get buried at Forest Lawn, you you will be pooped on by deer. A do- dozens of them. I never, I, 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 you know, I expect to see the, you know, the occasional deer, but not with a big rack. Yeah. Like that. No, they're, yeah, that place is like a game preserve. Uh, it's it's crazy. All right, well, that's it for Rival Local Sunday. You're now equipped to win your Monday. I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. filling in for Gary and Shannon. Thanks to producer Joey Arata, uh, Josh Saylor, Michael Chappé, Brian Suits here, and we'll see you back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.